today. Fauci's net worth increased by millions during the pandemic. I'm sure you are shocked. Lizzo plays James Madison's 200-year-old flute, and Chris Elston joins the program to discuss child gender transitions. We've got all that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I'm Sarah Gonzalez, and I am joined today by, again, a double dose of uh, Jakub Uyans, Blaze TV contributor Thank and you. host of The Bottom Line, who looks extra snazzy today. Thank you. With the jacket. And can I say, I like the bun. <laughs> For all those haters out We're there that's going to say something, I'm just letting you know the girls got style. We're starting off super controversial yes, because as I was be. telling them uh, off air, by the way, welcome to Pat Gray, host of Pat Gray Unleashed Thank as well. Thank mm-hmm. you for being here. Hey, uh, I was telling them off air the most controversial thing I've ever done on this show is wear a bun. <laughs> People have very strong opinions about it one way or the other. And uh, mm-hmm. so we'll see. But the good news is I don't actually care what you I think about, about my hair. <laughs> you care about. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't. I love all of you. I just don't care what strangers on the Internet think about my hair. Which I think is a healthy approach. Very healthy. I don't think I'm supposed You're to care. You're not codependent. I'm glad that I'm glad that you guys uh, uh, care enough to comment on it. I guess. <laughs> but um, so let's get into the uh, the headlines of the day. So all, all good, great news. Really, really great news uh, happening today. According to a Bureau of Economic Analysis report published yesterday, uh, GDP is confirmed to have shrunk at an annualized rate of 0.6% in the second quarter of 2022. So this is you know, two consecutive quarters of negative growth, which confirms that the United States is in a technical recession. So um, let's go, Brandon, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, and recall, just to just to remind you guys, there's a lot that goes on in this Biden administration. Just as a reminder, earlier this year, uh, the White House attempted to redefine recession right. in a blog post that read, while some maintain that two consecutive quarters of falling real GDP constitute a recession, that is neither <clears throat> the official definition nor the way economists ev- evaluate the state of the business cycle. Instead, both official determinations of recessions and economists' assessment of economic activity are based on a holistic look at the data, including the labor market, consumer and business spending, industrial production, and income. So they are saying, no, 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 no. This is much more nuanced than the way that we've always uh, looked back to define recession, the way that they talked about it. You even had left-leaning, you know, I shouldn't say left-leaning, liberals, very, very blue people uh, saying this during the Obama years, you know, all everyone said all of this was the way to define recession. Now, all of a sudden, it's, it's much more nuanced than that, okay, because we can't admit that we have failed the American people throughout this entire, uh, you know, this entire tenure. The irony is that the, quarter, the quarterly reports consider all of the above. They consider the labor market. They consider everything. When you, when you, as a nation, when you, look at your, when you look at your productivity as a nation and your ability to produce income and wealth, mm-hmm. it considers all of, all of those factors. No, it's just the culture today is you redefine. And as I said before, you must change language to change culture. So they'll change language. They'll redefine everything, everything from a woman to what is a recession. So, but then when you ask them, give us the definition, then. Mm-hmm. Then what is a recession? Then they can't tell you. It's like, well, 
Maybe they'll say, I'm not a scientist or a biologist like they did for the virus, or I'm not an economist. Then get somebody, because there's no economist. You can call Merrill Lynch right now. You can call J.P. Morgan. You can call Morgan Stanley. All of them, for millennia, have operated in this country under two consecutive quarters, and we're in a recession. But those who really are in, like Steve Moore, uh, chief economic advisor to Reagan and Trump, uh, he said, Yaku, we're in a recession four months ago. And he's arguing we're closer to 20 percent mm-hmm. inflation, if mm-hmm. you really consider all the factors. I'm sure what it feels like. Yeah. I'll tell you yeah. that. Well, they're trying to redefine reality pretty much on every level. And Isn't that the truth? They do this to us every single day, redefine words and meanings and what it means when a president doesn't know if a representative <laughs> is dead or not. Um, <laughs> they, they, they have a really tough job. You know, those people around the president, like uh, KJP, she's awful at it. But it's also a really impossible job yeah, yeah. Yeah. to be able yeah. to explain things like like she had to explain yesterday. And then you've got you've to explain when the economy is awful and you don't have any chance at winning in the midterms if the economy is awful. So you got to redefine yep. awful. And you got to tell people, you're not doing all, you're doing fine. Everything's great. Your uh, your salary's up. The prices are down. We brought down the gas prices. Have you? It's gone up uh, about eight cents this week alone. Uh, so that's back on the rise now. Mm-hmm. Um, the economy sucks. Yeah. And they're going to have their heads handed to them, I hope, in yeah. November. Yeah. I, I do, too. I hope. And I hope it's not just in the House. I oh, hope, it's got to be the Senate, I, I too. I hope it's it has in the Senate as well. It's too important um, with the Supreme Court nominee possibilities. But, but, Pat, but Pat, I said before, right, if, if, if the gas price rose by a buck fifty, mm-hmm. and you claw back 25 cents, yeah, that's right. not a victory. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, that, it, but they celebrate that. I know. Like it's just champion status. Like it's amazing. Look at all the jobs we brought back. Yeah, you shut the whole world down. Yep. You didn't bring a job back. You're still in the recovery phase still. Yeah. And I argue we haven't recovered. I mean, if I look at service in this country, Sarah, it's oh. atrocious, absolutely atrocious. Mm-hmm. I mean, we just bailed from a bank, just walked away from a bank because we couldn't get we, we couldn't give an appointment to sit down and just get <clears throat> service. There is no more service. And Newsom in California, one minimum wage should be twenty five dollars mm-hmm. an hour mm-hmm. flipping burgers. It's insane. The economy is in a disastrous position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I you know, it's funny that you mentioned that I was just uh complaining to my my husband earlier because we went we grabbed lunch at a I don't want to trash the 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 company's name but it's like one of those you know like fast food uh Mexican type like burritos and bowls and stuff and um we were just thinking like man pre-pandemic like we were in and out and we I mean it was not that long of a line and we waited for like 30 minutes we waited mm. longer in the line than we did just actually sit there and eat our food because it took so long and you got to feel bad for the people that are there too yes, because they're yeah. you know they're stretched thin yeah. Yeah. um everyone's you know everyone's just trying to like do probably way more than what used to be their job because they don't have enough employees and mm-hmm. you know you feel bad for them but then you're just like okay well I'm not going to come here again yeah. because I don't have time to wait to just stand around right. and wait in line it's just just such a bad situation all around um, all right so I want to uh, I want to go to I think you probably you guys both of you guys favorite person ever Dr Anthony Fauci oh yeah um, who oh god that's such a great picture of yeah, him I would, this yeah. is this is Dr Fauci's face when he thinks about himself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, 
Mm -hmm. I love me. Um, well, I consider him to be the greatest uh, con man in um, American history. But uh, while the rest of the country is, of course, you guys just talked about facing this giant financial crisis, Dr. Fauci does not have to worry because uh, Open the Books, this is a nonprofit organization devoted to posting all the disclosed spending of government officials, just obtained data on Fauci's net worth before and after the pandemic. Again, sit down for this because I'm sure you will be shocked to hear that the Fauci household disclosed net worth increased from $7.6 million back in January 1st, 2019 to over $12.6 million uh, December 31st, 2021. And he in case you guys have forgotten, he it was or is still uh, the most highly compensated federal employee, earning four hundred and fifty six thousand dollars in twenty twenty one, four hundred and eighty thousand in twenty twenty two. They had to give him a raise because of how well he worked and how well he did during the pandemic, because um, usually I mean here, Pat. Mm -hmm. Don't you know, like when people they fail at their jobs, mm -hmm. they don't do what they say they're going to do. Right. Uh, they promise something and don't deliver on it. Their numbers are bad. Yeah. They get raises. They get raises. Right. Yeah. That, that's exactly. how you run business. So uh, it's great for him, isn't it? It sure is. I mean, he sucks and he just keeps making more money. And you know what? The thing is, that doesn't include royalties. Right. Because the royalties have still been um, uh, redacted. And so we don't know anything about how much he's earned in royalties. So it's 12.6 million without the royalties. And I'm guessing royalties are gonna dwarf what he made um, as far as his household income. So this says, so, so, so let me read the details on this. And this, this may be, uh, you know, obviously there is more that we can't, uh, we can't obtain, but this says during 2021, his household income, perks and benefits, and unrealized investment gains totaled uh, $2.8 million, including federal income and benefits of $903,000 outside awards and royalties. So again, I don't think all of them, because mm -hmm. we don't have the number for all of them, but the ones right. we do have total uh, over $1 million and $910,000 in investment gains. He's the highest federal paid employee yep. of all time. Yep. And- yep. When he retires, if he retires uh, this year, like he says he's going to, he's going to make uh, almost $400,000 a year mm -hmm. doing nothing. Right, right. Yeah. That, 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 by the way, we will all be paying yeah. for. Right. That's, that comes In from In addition us. to the $12.6 million he's already got socked away, then he gets another additional $375,000 a year for life. Yeah. Wow, that's a great gig. Boy, it pays to kill people and wow, uh, hold yeah. kids no, back from actually, learning. It actually it does. does pay to kill people. But I'll say this, uh, Pat. Um, that number, $12 million, it's a drop in the bucket. It when is. You, when you look at rewards yep. and royalties, yep. rewards reimbursements. Come in the, well, rewards come in the form of this, and this is where his biggest gains are. The boards that he sits on. Okay? Mm -hmm. Go look at the boards that he's sitting on. <laughs> You get stock options on boards as a board member. Oh, true. And yeah. they deferring the taxes on the stock options as the board. And he doesn't disclose those because mm -hmm. okay? there's no physical gain yet. But mm -hmm. wait until he exits some of these board positions and these stock options and positions. It, it'll be in excess of $100 million. I'm sure. Okay, so this is not the, the, I'll the, bet it will. the back channel because, and I've sat on many boards, and you get stock options when you sit on boards. They, they, they issue stock, become sit as a board, especially Fauci. And he'd probably get a point, point and a half, one and a half percent in a major multinational corporation that when he exits, mm -hmm. that's not 12 million bucks. Right. 
You're going to talk about money that you cannot imagine, that they then roll into to avoid capital gains into other equities and investments and, you know, real estate. And so, no, this this guy is a fat cat sitting high, mm-hmm. performing the worst of anybody in healthcare ever because the master he serves will reward if you dance. Well, I also hope that this is kind of a, a wake up call for Americans, just generally how um, how this works in the medical industry, pharmaceutical industry, everyone is tied, you know, uh, in government is tied to big pharma, and there is major incentive to work with uh, the pharmaceutical companies. If you think that it's just Dr. Fauci no. that, that's making all of this money, let me tell you about the bonuses that your doctor gets, you know, your primary care doctor gets if they make sure that they vaccinate all of the children mm-hmm. in their uh, right. practice with all of the childhood vaccines on the schedule mm-hmm. that the CDC puts out. I mean, these things are happening uh, and have been happening for a very long time. So I hope that the American public is is waking up to just this. I've always said, I mean, back since 2020, I'm like, OK, this sucks a lot of people died and a lot of people's families were torn apart from mm-hmm. addiction and suicide and, and, and children were, you know, are still recovering from the learning loss. Like this was a horrible thing that happened. But if there is a silver lining to be had, perhaps people are now a little bit more, uh, you know, wary of government agencies, big government agencies and big government bureaucrat doctors and experts uh, because they're not those are not the, always the people that you should be uh, counting on to give you the truth. And by the way, this reminds me, I was reading earlier today, let me see if I can, I can find it, that um, the government, the FDA, is proposing changes to the nutrition standards that foods must meet before they can carry the healthy label on their packages. Because don't you want... The same government who told you to eat 11 servings of bread every day and who (laughs) already puts and allows all of these toxins and poisons uh, in your body that you're ingesting all the time and the high fructose corn syrup is great and and the chlorine and the fluoride that they put in the water is great. I definitely want that same government explaining to me what is healthy and what is not. So thank you, Big Daddy government, because I don't know how I could do it without you. I mean, that's why everyone here in this country is so fit. And thin, right? Because we yep. have the government telling us what is healthy and what is not. So, mm-hmm. I am really, really excited about uh, our health overlords explaining that to us. Um, we've got more, but we've got to take a quick break first. We want to thank our sponsor, Fast Growing Trees. Uh, so, you know, you, you spend a lot of of time at your home and you want it to look nice indoors and outdoors. That is why we here at Blaze love FastGrowingTrees.com. The experts over there are going to curate. They have thousands of plants so you can find the perfect fit for your specific climate, location, and needs. So you can type in all of that information and they will recommend what you should grow, what is going to thrive in your particular environment. You're not going to have to. Here's what I hate about going to those big box nurseries and gardening centers. You take the stuff home and what does your trunk look like when you get done unloading everything? A mess. A giant mess that I don't care to clean up. Well, they are going to deliver it directly to your door. Your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Um, I've used it. Guys, I got to tell you, they're so good and they have so many choices. I was, I'm, I'm really bad with choices. So I, I went to their website and I'm like, ah, they have so much. I don't even know what to pick because they all look so good. Uh, so you got to go there. Make sure that uh, your, your yard is going to be ready 
to show off. You can go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash news. You'll get 15% off of your entire order now through October 15th. That is 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash news, fastgrowingtrees.com slash news. Yesterday, uh, Tennessee Representative Jason Zachary tweeted out a letter signed by the GOP uh, over in Tennessee, which formally requests that Vanderbilt Medical halt all gender transition surgeries on minors. This is, of course, in response to uh, the investigation by Matt Walsh's team of Vanderbilt's gender clinic, which was performing double mastectomies and sex change operations on minors. Uh, I want to welcome to the program his first time on, Chris Elston, who is a child advocate uh, exposing gender ideology. Chris, thank you so much for being with us. I guess I should I should introduce you as the, the your name that everyone knows you on Twitter, which is Billboard Chris. Yeah, that's right. I uh, literally walk around wearing signs, and I know that historically people in a sandwich board aren't the most dependable people to talk to. <laughs> But it works. It creates the conversations that I'm trying to start. And that's all I'm out there doing is trying to have as many conversations as possible because we have to step outside of our echo chambers and reach parents, especially about this child abuse that's going on. And many times their children are being indoctrinated in schools to believe that they're born in the wrong body. And this is child abuse. So we need to put a stop to it. So I want to, to, to add to this particular topic and conversation, I, I want to, uh, to bring up a, a post that you recently highlighted uh, over on Twitter. It was from the Detransition Reddit forum, which just, it breaks my heart that that's even a forum on Reddit. They have an entire forum dedicated to detransitioners who just speak out about how horrible it is, uh, what the, the process that they have to go through. And this, this particular one is written by a 17-year-old girl about the impacts of testosterone therapy on her body. Uh, it says, every time I open my effing mouth, I sound like a freak. I've ruined my life with my stupid decisions I made as a kid. The doctors ruined my life by allowing a barely functioning, mentally ill child with severe OCD and undiagnosed BPD to go on hormones. I'm legitimately suicidal because of the decisions I made as a kid. It's all my effing fault. I don't know how long I can keep doing this. This, by the way, whew, I'm going to try really hard to keep my cool and not cry, uh, is a 17-year-old. This is a 17-year-old writing this. Um, Chris, how do we dig ourselves out of the medical community just, I mean, seemingly just going complete bonkers and, and doing this and not just doing it, but celebrating it, it seems? Yeah, this is like the biggest cult in history that's completely captured all of our government and medical institutions. So the American Academy of Pediatrics is having a conference on October 8th. There's going to be a big protest in Anaheim. And so far, they've been ignoring calls for an inquiry into this practice by their own doctors because they're politically captured. But this is not a political issue. It shouldn't be. It should transcend politics. And I know from my personal experience out on the street that more than 90 percent of the population agree with my position, because guess what? Democrats also don't want their own kids getting sterilized by a teaching that is indoctrinating our kids to believe that they're born in the wrong body just because they don't adhere to sexist regressive stereotypes. The entirety of gender ideology is based on regressive stereotypes, teaching that tomboys are actual boys. So I think in the long run, we get out of this just by creating enough awareness about what's going on. And then there's the expression that politics is downstream from culture. Well, hopefully that holds true. And as more people get outraged, these politicians will start to act and ban this in state after state.
So what made you decide, you know what, I'm going to I'm just going to go out and wear a billboard on my body. What, like, what was the thought process there? Yeah, it didn't start that way. I actually put up a, a real billboard in Vancouver in September 2020 that said, I love J.K. Rowling, the Harry Potter author, because a woman in the UK named Posey Parker had put up a sign at the Edinburgh train station that said the same thing. And some people on Twitter complained that it was hate speech and the government run train authority took it down after one day. And I got tired of all this child abuse. I got tired of our freedom of speech being taken away. So I put up a huge billboard in Vancouver. It also lasted just a day because a Vancouver politician said it was hate speech. The sign company took it down. So then I did a campaign all across North America, all across the United States actually, putting up billboards. And then because I can't even put up a sign in Canada, I said, well, I'm not gonna let them cancel me. If I have to become a billboard, that's what I'll do. So I had them made. And I went out on the street and I started having conversations and it proved to be much more inspirational and effective than any number of huge billboards because there's a person behind it and I'm having these conversations and I think it's inspired a lot of people to also get over their fears of talking about this issue. So I, I, I'm sure that you have your fair share of, you know, uh, trolls, uh, maybe you would call them or, you know, people who just vehemently disagree with you. But what... What is your sense when you have these conversations with people, particularly in D.C. and, you know, places where, you know, you're frequenting? Do you feel like perhaps the pendulum is, is starting to swing back from all of this radical ideology? Absolutely. So I've been at this for two years. I've probably had 2,000 hours out on the streets all across North America. I still get a lot of abuse and I've been attacked more than 20 times. I've had my arm broken by Antifa and I've been arrested twice after getting assaulted. But the vast majority of the population agree when they understand what's going on. Two years ago, nobody had a clue what puberty blockers were. Now I get nonstop support. The awareness has risen dramatically. And I see this better than anyone in the world because I'm the only person out there on the streets doing this. And so I have tons of hope. And I always had tons of hope because I know this is too crazy to last. But we just got to keep the hammer down. And we're going to win this battle. It's just a question of how many kids come to harm before we do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, what would you say to the viewer out there who wants to, you know, join the join the fight, join the cause maybe, but they can't, tra I don't know, travel to D.C. And, and be a walking human billboard? What would you what would you tell them? Well, the most important thing, first of all, is to get yourself informed. You don't have to know everything about this. This is pretty basic stuff. Obviously, we shouldn't be doing child sex changes. This is one of the craziest things humanity's ever done. But we can all do things like go to our school board meetings mm -hmm. and raise heck there. In many school districts, in many states entirely, they're hiding from parents. It's the written policy to hide from parents that they're changing their child's name and pronouns at school. So this is absurd. It's absurd that we're teaching children that they might be born in the wrong body. No one can even define what that means. But what an abusive thing to say to a child who might not feel like they fit in, that the reason for that is because they're born in the wrong body. This is abuse. From top to bottom, there's absolutely no truth to this entire ideology, and parents especially need to make noise with their school boards or get involved with an organization like Moms for Liberty, Independent Women's Network, or whatever conservative group you have in your state, because we all have to fight back. This is an abusive ideology that's coming for our kids. Yeah. Um, well, I just wanted to, to tell you really, truly, from the bottom of my heart, this is an issue. I think the gentleman here at this table, it's, it's a very huge issue to us. Uh, it's a very huge issue to me personally, uh, mom of two boys. And uh, we just appreciate all of, the, all of the work that you're doing and, and uh, you know, sacrificing all of your time to have these conversations with people. And, you know, we're signs. So we, <laughs> we appreciate you so much, Chris.
Thank you. Got to do what you got to do. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank you. You guys make sure to uh, follow Chris on on social media. He really is uh, doing tremendous work out there in D.C. and all of the other places that he's frequenting. Um, we've got uh, more to come on the program. First, we want to thank our sponsor, First Liberty. So court packing, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, the, the Democrats, if they get their way, they are going to pack the court. And that is a coup, okay? They're working overtime. And if we don't stop them from installing four more justices so they can rig the system in their favor, it's going to be catastrophic for our entire country. We cannot let that happen. First Liberty is asking you to do the most simple thing ever. They're asking you to sign a letter to say no to court packing and no to the Supreme Court coup. Uh, a bunch of people have already done it. Franklin Graham, Attorney General Ed Meese, Dr. James Dobson, the Family Policy Allowance, the Heritage Foundation, of course. But they want you to also join them in the fight. Go sign your name. It is supremecoup.com. I'm not asking you to buy anything. Okay, I'm not asking you for any of that. I'm asking you to go sign your name to show that you support this fight. It is supremecoup.com. Hurricane Ian, of course, made landfall yesterday, as we discussed yesterday on the program, and has since been downgraded to a tropical storm. Uh, now, we talked about all of the everyone wants, everyone on the left wants this to be about climate change. Because mm. as we know, anytime mm -hmm. you have a weather-related event, if we're talking about volcanoes, if we're talking about earthquakes, if we're talking about tsunamis, if we're talking about flooding, if we're talking about, uh, 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 what is this, a hurricane? If we're talking about any of these things, it is only due to climate change, I guess, which is what uh, CNN chief climate correspondent, chief climate correspondent over at CNN said yesterday that, of course, the hurricane was due to climate change. Watch. Mm. Uh, Ian is coming. Ian's here. John, we just felt a marked increase in wind speeds within the last 10 minutes or so. We were riding about 40, 50 miles an hour. It was hard to fathom that speed tripling in the next few hours, but we're now getting maybe 70 mile an hour gusts here. We're right at the point where US 43 heads uh, across the Peace River here. I'm just in front of the memorial for Hurricane Charlie, which in 2004 devastated this town and sent a wake-up call to this community about the threats of living on the coast in a rapidly warming planet. Mm -hmm. It's hard to build power lines or, or building codes for 17-foot storm surge, though. That's the, the crazy variable here <laughs> right now. No one has ever seen that, so we don't know what that looks like, but this is exactly what... Climate scientists have been warning about for mm. a long time, and now we get to see it out close. John? No. Mm. All the climate no. scientists, yeah, they've been warning about the mm. possibility of hurricanes if we let climate yeah. change get out of control. Because <laughs> there, no. there were never hurricanes. No, no. Until, what, 2004, mm -mm. when you saw the first one there? Or there was I, never rain? No. There never were never temperatures drought. at all? There was never heat. There was never <laughs> cold. It's interesting. And they have it both ways every time, yes, too. Yes, yes, yes. The preponderance of snow means climate change <laughs> right, as well. Right, Everything means climate change. Well, that's why they changed it to climate change, because yeah, remember, it was global, global warming. Cool, yeah, global cooling, global right. warming, acid rain. But the climate change rain. is five times a day, wherever. <laughs> it's interesting. I wonder what Noah thought about a flood that covered the whole Earth. Climate versus, change. It's climate change. It's climate change. <laughs> climate change. It's climate changing, guys. Sorry, but uh, I'll say this. You know, we have snow snow on the mm -hmm. equator where there's never been snow before they won't report that climate change but, no but they won't report that mm -hmm. because that means somewhere it's cooling down 
Mm-hmm. Something is happening, you know, it's a climate change. But, but Sarah, it's, it's really cool when you wake up in the morning and go, today I'm earning my keep. I'm going to be in the store just, today. See like, how I'm suffering. I, sort of an Andrew Cuomo moment there for a minute, you know, self-sabotage. You know, look, it's such a joke. You know, they name hurricanes 40 years in advance. They named them. Ian's been named decades ago. They don't name them when they happen. They There's a, have the list. There is a list. Mm-hmm. Okay, Katrina was named mm-hmm. 30 years prior to hitting New Orleans, okay? So this, we've had hurricanes and earthquakes and things forever, but no, 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 no. This is how we're going to win the midterms. Yeah. You should be scared to death. Go get your vaccines (laughs) and vote Democrat and we will protect you from the hurricane. It, it is just, it's so fascinating too, because in the same breath that they're like, this is, you know, it, climate scientists have been warning for a long time. If you live, uh, you know, in a place that is very close to the beach, you too could be in trouble. And it's like, really, that's weird. Cause all the people who have mm. been telling us about all this climate change crap and that all of the, you know, houses were gonna fall into the ocean are buying up really expensive mansions like Obama and yeah. Nancy Pelosi and yeah. all of these people. So I don't really, f- I feel like they're very evil people, but I don't feel like they're dumb. And I don't believe that Obama would make such a horrible investment in buying the multi-million dollar mansion that he knew was going no. to be falling off into the ocean. They ocean's. don't believe their own bull crap. No, they don't. And you know they don't. You wouldn't act the way you do. Right. You wouldn't buy a home on the ocean if you did. But right. it's also intentional, in, though. Uh, sorry, Pat, go ahead. In 1900, people lived on the beach in Galveston, Texas. Mm-hmm. That's when the worst disaster to ever hit the United States of America came ashore in the form of a hurricane in Galveston Mm. and killed over 10,000 people. Mm. 10,000 people. Why? Because they lived on the ocean. So even in 1900, this was happening, Mm. and long before that. And and it's been happening forever. In fact, Galveston in 19, I think it was 1905 or 1906, raised the city 17 feet so that it wouldn't happen again. And it hasn't been as devastating there ever since. Um, but it's one hurricane this season. Yeah. One. I, I don't think we've even had a tropical storm hit America. Yeah. It's one. And they're trying to cause hurricane climate change hysteria over one. And it's bad. I know. And a lot of people lost their lives. Yeah. And it, it really is tragic. It really no, is. It's bad. But it's but it's, the it's origin bad, is not climate change. Right. No, but they exploited right. it too, Pat. It has they nothing to do with it. climate change. They yeah. exploit it. And or, or you take a Gavin Newsom that refuses to do forestry. Okay. The five feet of pine needles in the Californian forest. He refuses to clean the forest because he yeah, knows so they have fires fire season will come November and man, we can get more government aid, more money mm-hmm. from the government and see climate change. No, just go do some forestry and protection in your forest and clean it up and you won't burn down, you know, a million right. acres. You'll but still have fires, design. Right. but it'll be but you'll much stop less severe. Yeah. You'll stop them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so it's hurricane season. Then they tell us yeah. it's the most severe and it's the worst ever, ever. for fires. And, uh, and in Australia, it's even not, when the, yeah. on that fire year that they had, was that last year or the year before? Yeah. It was a, an abnormally low fire season <laughs> for Australia. I mean, they lie every single day yeah. to us. Mm. Yeah. Every 
day they lie about this. Yeah, we got rivers right now in Africa showing up in the desert. We have snow wow. showing up on the equator. Okay, yeah. this is they they don't give you any context. They take a sliver and they give you this narrative and they drive it, drive it. They sure and do. And shame on the people for being stupid enough. I know yeah. to think that this is the worst hurricane, and it is. Lives are lost. It is terrible. Okay, it's terrible. Even if it was one house, but it's not global warming, which is really what they want to say. They can call mm -hmm. it climate change all they want. So I want to throw into the equation here, Just I'm just here to raise your blood pressure with Joy Behar from The View, who oh, uh, insinuated geez. that this hurricane was actually karma for DeSantis's uh, views on climate change. Watch. Wow. This is the quote from Governor DeSantis yeah. about climate change. Quote, I am not in the pews of the church of the global warming leftists. This is what he thinks about climate change. And now his state is getting hit with one of the worst hurricanes <laughs> well, perhaps, that will ever perhaps. Is that how the, the world works? Is because <laughs> okay. one person in Florida says something the universe doesn't like or whatever yeah. she believes. Yeah. Yeah. It punishes 15 million people. Oh. Okay, so what, okay did that's mean, interesting. so what did it mean when New York <laughs> flooded and New York subway was flooded? Mm. What did that mean, Joy? Mm. Was that karma? Was that punishment? Yeah, maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. So let's go calculate of the disasters that has happened in California where she's sitting. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you're going you're gonna to have an earthquake and split off and float off into the ocean, maybe. I mean. Well, I mean, uh, imagine how stupid she would have felt saying the same thing about, like, this is, this is Governor DeSantis's view on, on having trans kids in schools, and then read that, because that has about as much to do with hurricanes mm -hmm. as his statement about climate change. <laughs> it, it's just like, it, okay, cool, he made a quote about something. I don't know what that has to do with hurricanes. Mm -hmm. And yet they still spew this garbage. I, I Honestly, you talk about CNN and, and people watch it and still believe it. Every time we play a clip from The View, I am astonished that, that that show audience. is still on. That they have an audience. How? With all that Whoopi has done. Okay, how she's put her foot in her mouth this year alone. Oh, my god! With what Joy has They're done. They're never right. No. About anything. Never. No. About anything. It's a division of ABC how News. Any, how any voice that's... Yeah, it is. How it did is. they get away no, with no, that? No, it's a marketing agency. I mean, how any voice that has come on that mm. show that has even resembled reason mm -hmm. being kicked off the show. Mm -hmm. yeah. you, can't, mm -hmm. you can't bring logic, okay, intellectual honesty on that show. I don't know. Maybe they're as fake as Twitter is with their with their viewership. Maybe the viewership is pumped up like Twitter was when Elon discovered it's a whole bunch of bots. Maybe, Maybe. that's their viewership. I don't know. Well, I mean, I just it, it, it actually is incredible how wrong they are all, all the, the time. time. Because think about it. OK, it's ABC News. How many producers do you think they have in the control room? How, how many producers have the ability to correct them in their ear? Right. Probably five no, no, at no, least no. At, at any least, given time. At least. Sarah. By the way, for reference, mm -hmm. I have one producer in the control room and I just, she's not like fact checking me in real time. Like we just we just do this, uh, you know, on the fly and try to inform ourselves. They have that much staff that they're paying oh to gosh, produce yeah. this show, and they yeah. still get it wrong time get after time, things day after day. Everything Don't they wrong. look a lot like the White House press room? Yeah, yeah they do, actually. They look like the White House press room yeah. that has a lot of staff as well. Yeah. And you know when Glenn worked at Fox, they had to check 
and recheck uh-huh. Uh-huh. and triple check and quadruple check yep. everything he said. Yep. Because if he was wrong every freaking night, yeah. he'd be done every in a yes. week. Yes. He'd be done in one night after yeah. the exactly. first snafu like exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. And But they get away with it every single day. No, yeah. but they're, they're the chosen day. puppets. They're not going to remove their chosen puppets. They're yeah. the chosen puppets. They will they will bail them out like they bailed out airlines, this, this government. will bail these people out. If they show tanks, they will fund it. They will yeah. find a way to keep them on the air because they it's will. a voice. Well, that's why I just I really think, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse needs to sue them for all all that they're worth. Oh, uh, yeah. Turning point. They went through the they threatened legal action yeah. previously, which was absolutely the right call. Mm. Like people need to push back every single time they have the ability to if it's some sort of defamatory thing. Yeah. Everyone needs to sue the crap out of these companies because it's going to be the only way mm-hmm. to get them to stop. If they're scared that they are going to go bankrupt, that will be the only way that they stop. Right. Otherwise, they just keep going because they don't care. They don't care about you. They don't care about your livelihoods. They don't care about anything. They, they just care about demonizing you and winning. Um, all right, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back. During her Washington, D.C. show this past Tuesday, Lizzo became the first person to play James Madison's crystal flute. Um, This flute is said to be one of the few heirlooms saved by First Lady Dolly Madison after the British Army burned down the White House during the War of 1812. Um, And uh, look. It's obviously a very important historical artifact, so you would want the person who is the first person to play it to have some sort of respect uh, for the artifact that they are holding, which I think probably is, in fact, shown by the way that Lizzo uh, twerked while playing uh, James Madison's flute. Watch. It's crystal. It's like playing out of a, a, a wine glass. What is this? Wow, what talent. How did she get a hold of this? <laughs> what Ow. talent. It's amazing talent. All your girls should aspire to be like this. Uh. Yeah, look at that. Oh no, you make more history than the flu. You've, you've broken young girls tonight. You've broken the image of women and boys' eyes tonight. How much How much mm. would you be willing to wager that Lizzo had no idea who James Madison was before oh. they arranged mm. that? Zero. A lot. I'd like, to, I'd like to wager a lot. You can wager everything you've got. So, no recollection. So, but, so before she played that at the show, uh, she gave a more limited performance with the flute inside of the Library of Congress. And after employees explained that the flute had been made in 1813 for Madison, she apparently performed her twerk flute combo for a small crowd of library employees in what appeared to be a back office. And in the middle of her performance, she just so passionately and respectfully and just with so much dignity looked up and said, biatch. Ugh, That's great. Man. This is great. We, point, we don't have a problem holding up the wrong people as role models. See, Let, me tell, yeah. Yeah. See, see, Let me tell you. Let me tell you. James Madison. Okay, th- so this bothered me. I want to I toss it to you guys by saying this. 
I said, I responded to this on Twitter, and I said, Madison is rolling in his grave. For sure. And I had someone who, maybe they watched this program, I don't know, it seemed like they were a conservative, who wrote back and said something to the effect of, uh, you know, well, I don't really like her, but she has talent, and we shouldn't be so negative and judgmental all the time. And I'm like, I don't think I'm being negative and judgmental by saying I, I hope I would wish that the Library uh, of Archives had a little bit more respect for the artifact than giving it to yeah. someone who's going to uh, use profanity and twerk while they're playing it. Yeah. Do you think they'd lend it out to us? No. Who revere right. and respect James Madison. And, you know, it's the man who wrote the U.S. Constitution for the love of heaven. Right. And this is what you do with it. How, how did that happen? Yeah, let's check it out to Lizzo, uh, the great big fat chick on uh, TV. Let's put her on and give her the flute. What? How does that make any sense? I, know. I, I don't know. understand. No, I mean, that's no, great but, 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 that you no. don't have to worry about body image. That's fantastic. I'm sure it's completely healthy. I'm sure I'm completely healthy, except my blood test that I just had proves otherwise. Okay, but I'm not out glorifying it. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't be. It right. isn't healthy. It's not right. She's not a good example for people. Mm -hmm. And I don't even, frankly, I, I barely know who she is. I, I've just started hearing the name recently and seeing her on, I don't know, was it the Emmys or something? I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know. even know where she came from. I all I know. Why? Yeah. Why is there Lizzo? I've heard a, a couple of her songs, but all, the, the my okay, favorite place that I know her from <clears throat> is is Glenn's rendition of uh, Where the Hell My Phone, which is one of her songs. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah, that's, okay, that's where I know her from. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah which is talented. honestly talented. The, the best thing I've ever heard about Lizzo <laughs> is only when Glenn does a bit involving her. That's that's the greatest thing that I hear about her. <laughs> Yaku. Yep. <laughs> yep. He, he said it. That's it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna. Yaku uh, just doesn't want to get in trouble. I think because he's thinking. Mm -hmm. He's having thoughts that might I involve. Th I don't think you want me to start. Well, I was gonna because, say that might involve. I don't think you want me to start because because <laughs> that woman single. I can't even. She's single hand. Anybody, mm -hmm. anybody that celebrates that is involved in child abuse. The images, what she's doing for women and against mm -hmm. women, what she's doing to young boys, the it's lack pathetic. of dignity, the lack of self-respect, you're an excuse, mm -hmm. you're an oxygen thief, okay? <laughs> you should not be celebrated, you need mental help, you've got massive, massive images with your, uh, issues with your own image, okay? We celebrate broken people here mm -hmm. instead of helping them, Pat. I know. Mm -hmm. We got a president that I needs know. mental care, and so we celebrate right. him. So no, I should I should honestly shut up because it's a disgrace. <laughs> well, and then you bring a, an archive, an American icon into the whole picture yeah. and disrespect it. Yeah. You know what? We're gonna. I'm gonna put in a. We, I know we got to take a break. I'm gonna put in a. Do, I don't know how you put in a request. I want to put in a request to see if I can also. Right. Put in that you flute. should. I'm gonna do that. You should. And, see what they and say. Pat, maybe that's the point. It's the mockery they're making. It's of the mockery. Yeah. And that's maybe what they're that's doing. They're the mocking. Point. That probably is the point. Because yeah. what, what do they yeah. care about the Constitution? It's in the mockery. They, they, they want to completely dismantle it. So we shouldn't be surprised. All right. We got to take a break. We'll be back. Mm. Wow. The 
The American Academy of Pediatrics has updated guidance on head lice for the first time since 2015. Uh, they say that uh, it's a new, it's a civil rights issue. Okay, it's the new guidance reads, no knit policies that exclude children or adolescents until all knits are removed may violate a child's or adolescent's civil liberties and are best addressed with legal counsel for schools. Most healthcare professionals who care for children or adolescents agree that no knit policies should be abandoned. Uh, no knit policies are unjust and should be continued because they are based on misinformation rather than objective mm. science. And they cite an article giving international recommendations regarding school children and lice from the International Journal of Dermatology as their authority, which of course cites the AAP as the authority for the recommendations. So they're saying that um, infestations are neither a health hazard nor a sign of poor hygiene, but can result in significant stigma and psychological stress. So you should not send children home. So, Don't you, send them so, home. so here's what we're going to do: for a for a virus we can't see, <laughs> we have no. No real science about it. We're going to social distance, put your yeah. kid in a mask, and in Dallas, Texas, put your kid in a plexiglass box. Right. But for lice that has been around forever <laughs> that we can actually see and right. we know it spreads right. like well. That should stay. That yeah. makes all the sense. Well, the you don't want to stigmatize a kid for having lice and, no. and then spreading it no. to their peers. But yeah, we should celebrate lice. We should celebrate lice. Let's have a month about yeah. it. We should. Let's do it. <laughs> Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.